Hello, everyone. So today I have a very special guest. His name is Alex Templeski. His work, I mean, you've probably seen him on TikTok and Instagram. Um, the last I checked, his TikTok was at 17 million followers and Instagram at over 1.1. I mean, the growth that, that I've seen from Alex has been phenomenal, and I'm really excited to have this conversation. So welcome to the 5 to 9, Alex. Good to have you here, buddy. Thanks, man. It's awesome. Great meeting you on Clubhouse. Um, I'm glad you asked me to be here. I think uh, I like the idea of your your podcast. I think um, it's really it's really cool. I think I'll be able to help your audience. For sure, man. Thank you. Appreciate that. And you know, thanks for like jumping on that. Uh, I asked you the question on Clubhouse, and you were pretty open to jumping in. So thanks for that. So Alex, let's get started. And uh, you know, I'm really curious to hear a little bit about your background from what I understand is you were in actuarial science and I'm, I'm, I'm CPA. So I've been that math background on my end as well. So tell us a little bit about your background and how you made that transition as a creator. Yeah. So just like you said, I was, um, I was an actuary in my past life. I went to school studying statistics. I've always been a very much uh, a mathematical analytical person. I, I love numbers. I make sense of the world through numbers. Um, and I decided to become an actuary because I, um, I followed the very traditional like way of thinking about life. You know, you go to college, you get a job, you work in that job until you retire. That's what I knew in my, in my head. Like that's, that's how life goes. Um, it wasn't until I listened to Gary V, my my hero, my idol on YouTube, um, and he started talking about, you know what, there's actually something else you can do. You don't have to do the nine to five route and work a job until you're 60. You can find something you're passionate about um, and do that for a living. Um, and the key to do that is to use social media. And I didn't really know what social media was. I didn't really understand it. I didn't use it. Um but I listened to him and he planted the seed in my mind that said, I don't have to do this job forever. I, there's some other option out there. And I didn't know what that was, but from what I understood from Gary V, the way out was to use social media um, to get attention for yourself and your brand, whatever you're trying to do to get that attention using social media. Um, and that's kind of when things started to, to shift. Right. It's so funny. You mentioned Gary Vee because Alex, like I'll take myself back a year and two, three months when, when the pandemic started listening to Gary Vee and he kept saying TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. And I was like, am I going to like sit here and just listen to this or am I going to do something? That's how I literally started my first TikTok content. And, you know, a year later, uh, you know, being here and having created a year later and it's just phenomenal, like how listening to that and actually being like, if it sows a seed and actually doing the process can actually get you so far once you actually start doing it. So it's pretty cool that that's what got you started because I definitely you know relate to that a little bit. When was the actual moment though when you actually were like, this is serious enough that I can actually quit my job? Because that's a serious stage. Because before that, it's all fun and games. You're doing it, you see traction. But when did you actually decide to pull the plug on your job? And when did you realize this is this is my full-time gig. Like this is what I'm going to bank most of my time on. Yeah. I think for me, it was, um, it was a kind of like, it was both a slow and a fast transition. I, 
before TikTok happened, I was already um, doing well on Instagram. And since I, I had about 10,000 Instagram followers, mm-hmm. when I decided or when I thought that I could actually do social media and photography full time. So this was before like TikTok even happened. Mm-hmm. I had 10,000 Instagram followers. And in my head, I was like, you know what? I think I actually think I can I can do this full time if I just mm-hmm. like get a little bit better, make a little bit more progress. Um, but really quickly, at about that stage, like TikTok came out, like you said, and Gary Vee talked about it. Within within my first month on TikTok, I had a million followers. And within my first three months, I had three million followers. So it went very quickly from me being like, you know, I think I think maybe I can actually make this happen. Two million followers on TikTok, and then um, and then I was basically like being told by people, dude, you need to quit your job. Like, why are you working that job? Like, you have three million followers. Why don't you just do this? You love this. Why don't you do that for a living? So like enough, like people were just like, dude, yeah, you, you should do it. You should be doing it. You can do it. And I don't know. It all happened so fast. Like, growing a million followers every month, it, it's like it's crazy. Um, Phenomenal. So for me, so it went from like. Uh, it went from being a very relatable approach to where things were happening slowly. Like I was, I was very slowly growing on Instagram, but definitely like growing, growing. Mm-hmm. And I started to think like, okay, I'm making a little bit of money. I, I think if I keep this going, I, I can make, I can really start to figure out how to quit my job. But then boom, like TikTok happened 3 million followers. And then it was just kind of like, when you get 3 million followers out of nowhere, it becomes a lot easier oh, yeah. to quit your job and, and go all in. Right. Okay. So you, had the 10k on instagram then you saw the 3 million on tiktok and you're like you know numerically like this works now like let's be real like you can sustain a living yeah i was pretty confident once i had 3 million followers and my instagram grew a lot um when i blew up on tiktok it it trickled into my instagram so i don't remember how many instagram followers i had but um yeah i became a lot more confident the more followers i had yeah like it's definitely like a really hard decision to let go of that source of income but you did it the more practical way where it's like you saw enough traction and reasonable enough when you saw that amount of number you're like okay now is the time to sort of wean off my job and how did like what was the first like big viral video that you had was it planned did you know was coming and how did you make it so consistent that you know this is like what gets me like millions of followers every month this is the format when did you discover that Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd love to talk about that. Um, real fast, so just on like quitting the job thing. I think people people think it's people make it to be something scarier than it is, and they don't realize that if you quit your job to try social media for a living and you fail, just get another job. Yeah. It, it's not like this like it's not like once you leave your job to try social media for a living, if it doesn't work, you're screwed forever. You'll never find another job, you'll never get the same job. My job actually told me, Alex, if this doesn't work out, we welcome you back. And that's like, amazing. I, I knew that if they, even if they didn't, I can find another job as an actuary. So right. I really think that people have a little bit more fear than is really uh, like practical or like, like real, you know, just if you quit your job and it doesn't work, you can get another job and you'll be fine. But I think that's yeah. better than like not even trying and then looking back many years and going, what if? You know, what if hedge regret anyway, hedge regret. That's the biggest thing you got to hedge regret. And it's like, 
it's riskier to like not take that risk because the upside can be so tremendous, right? Like you don't know what that mm-hmm. upside is like till you actually pull the plug. And you're right, like we overestimate the fear of like you know weaning off the job because it seems like you're suddenly out in the wild where with no you know consistent paycheck every month. And I think it's like Naval Ravikant who said that it's like can that consistent paycheck every month is like a drug sometimes because it prevents you yeah. from actually doing that like. big goals that you always have set aside so yeah i really do agree with that so mm-hmm. you know yeah you were going to talk about yeah the, definitely uh, um yeah so the format um your question was when did i figure out like a repeatable format that goes viral yeah. and i think this is a great question because i think a lot of people um who are if you're brand new to creating content what happens is you don't know what to do you don't know what to create you don't like you don't have it figured out yet which makes sense cuz you're brand new you just started you're not supposed to know what to do i didn't post my first video and go oh, okay i'm going to do stranger photography it's going to look like this and like that and it's going to be perfect and go viral and i'm going to do that every time mm-hmm. it doesn't happen like that like right. when you start and you're completely brand new you will not figure out what works right away It's going to mm-hmm. take some time. The amount of time it takes will depend. Some people mm-hmm. will figure it out on their first video. Funny enough, mm-hmm. it actually does happen. Mm-hmm. Some people, my friend Tiago, it took him 700 videos to figure out that that yeah. format for him. Um me, uh you know, so it's going to it's going to vary like it depends on who you ask the question to. For me, I think it was my 10th video that actually when it, when I say it went viral, it got like 15,000 views and I mm-hmm. considered that viral because mm-hmm. that was crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Um so So about my 10th video I posted it it got maybe 10,000 views and it was me approaching a stranger right so whenever well, that was a big sign to me that whatever I did in that video people liked so I needed I need to do more of it I need to d- develop that idea further um and I think this is something that people don't really do they they do something that works and then they either stop doing it or they don't really pay it any mind they go oh that was cool let me let me keep just doing random stuff right but a better approach is when you do something that that sticks and that gets a good result you need to explore that idea further and you need to try to refine it so i got my first viral viral video with 10,000 views um it was me approaching two strangers in san francisco and giving them a photo shoot so i just knew like okay i need to do more of this i need to figure out how to make it better and better and I just kept doing that same idea over and over. I tried to figure out um through like the comments and the feedback what people liked, what people maybe didn't like, so I can just like refine mm-hmm. that idea better and better and almost get it to like a formula so that you now have an idea that's repeatable um which is important because you don't have to always think of some new concept, so it's good to have an idea that's repeatable. Right. Um and one that's viral. So if you have what I call a repeatable viral format, that's how you grow really fast on TikTok. Um right. so you need you need to find that idea uh yeah. for for you. It's going to yeah. be different for everyone. Yeah, I think you've nailed that pretty well for yourself. Like you have like a very unique style which even a lot of people are trying to emulate as well in their own ways. um and even for me like it, it was such a challenge to trying to figure out like i always thought like a lot of my viral videos they were all different and random and i always struggled with finding like 
what is that like consistent format in you know ensuring that i get that number of views but also at the same time i feel like i need to manage my own expectations where i think the level of like you know your content gets engagement it's like phenomenal like it's like it's like the top 0.0001% i don't know what the number is but uh, at the same time i feel like people need to find their own like you know sustainable growth model where maybe for them yeah. it's like getting 50,000 views here and there every month and growing more sustainably and slowly right yeah. um because a lot of people get into this like you know cloud chasing and they get in for the wrong reasons when they right. see numbers like yours so how do you like you know as someone who's like 70 million followers obviously like you have this like you set the baseline pretty high the benchmark but at the same time how do you tell people listen like it's okay to you know as you said the 700 videos it took him 702 videos and then a 703 mm-hmm. video went viral like how do you tell like well, what's your messaging to those people to be like you know being consistent and like really going for the longevity of it as opposed to like chasing some vanity metric in the short run how do you manage that at the same time um you ask them if they want to be happy or if they want to be be upset you know if your goal is to 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 feel unfulfilled then chase numbers right chase views do things that you don't like you you will never fulfill the feeling having answers getting this this many views many views because that that mindset that is chasing um outcome basically trying to make feel good through you know external views etc uh i really think that's if you're caught in that mindset you're going to feel unsettled all the time you're always going to feel like you need more and son focus on enjoying the process right because if you if you enjoy the process then you're you're automatically winning you're automatically enjoying uh having fun you're happy right so mm-hmm. i think step one is to get your mindset to a place where you realize that the outcome is never ever going to completely fulfill you the outcome is never ever going to make you happy what it does is it gives you a temporary like high like let's say you make your goal 10 million followers mm-hmm. and throughout that whole time you're just like i'm just going to do whatever it takes to get yeah. 10 million followers i promise you the day you get 10 million followers you're going to feel ecstatic you're going to feel the best you've ever felt the next day after that you're going to feel exactly how you were the 3 the 3 5 8 months you spent leading up to that to where you weren't really like present you weren't really enjoying the process you weren't really happy you were just chasing that goal um i promise you like if your goal is 10 million views you're going to get the 10 million views you'll feel ecstatic and then just feel how you were feeling when you were chasing that I think step 1 is getting your mind like in a state to where you're enjoying the process. It's all about the process. You have to enjoy the step by step what you're doing cuz the outcome people people think that the outcome is this will hold like salvation for them. Like mm-hmm. if they can just get the views, if they can just get the followers, everything will everything will magically be good. They'll be yeah. happy. Everything it's it's an illusion. If if you're in that mindset, you're setting yourself up for disappointment. you have to you have to realize that like life is each and every present moment that you're in so enjoy truly truly enjoy the process 
access. That's step one. So um, the true. second is create, create content that you're passionate about. If you are creating content that you're just, you know, you think it'll get you views, you think it'll get you your followers. What I've noticed from being very observant is you will most likely get burnt out. Mm -hmm. You will at some point be like, I don't want to do this. I'm sick of this. I don't want to create this. I'm just burnt out. I can't create anymore. You really want to avoid that. Getting burnt out as a creator is, is something you really want to avoid. And the most common reason why people get burnt out is because they're not creating stuff that they like. So that's one reason to, to make sure that you're creating some stuff that you're really, really passionate about. The second reason is you're actually going to discover your best content if you're making stuff that you really love and that you mm -hmm. really enjoy. Because if you're in this like copycat mindset or I'm doing this for the views mindset, you were all, you're always going to be imitating. You're never going to discover like what separates you and what makes you unique. If I had joined TikTok and just tried to do the trends or saw that, oh, this is going viral, let me do this. Mm -hmm. I would have never discovered like my trend, what makes me me, like approaching strangers and giving them photo shoots. That's what I loved. I was from the start just creating stuff that I loved. And I found the idea that other people are copying. I found something that's original. Mm -hmm. The way you find your gold, your specific gold that only you as an individual, you only the thing that only you has, the way that you find that is by creating and honoring what you're passionate about. No more copying. Get inspired. That's fine. But don't be a copycat. It's a recipe for burnout and it will prevent you from finding out your, like your gold. I love that. Like, I love that so much. And I can definitely relate because I may have like 33,000 on TikTok, but I love like just being outside, making content outdoors and going for an adventure. Even if I got one view, like that would not change my experience of like going out, taking some nice pictures and doing the editing. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think that's yeah. so important because that makes it sustainable. Like I can keep doing this because it doesn't feel like, right. oh, I have to do this. It's something I already enjoy. So process is so important. And yeah, definitely like I relate to that a lot. So thanks for sharing that. And you said something about burnout. And I think mm -hmm. like burnout is an interesting topic for me because as someone who's managing the, their job, doing all this creative stuff on the side, I, even though I do things that I love, but there's a, a lot of work that happens like, you know, editing and stuff. So there's a time yeah. crunch that does happen. So can you talk a little bit about like your experience with burnout? Because certainly I still do go through it some days where I don't get my sleep because I just, you know, took on too many things that I did. I was yeah. experiencing last weekend. Um, so if you don't mind just sharing a little bit about your insight on that, on burning out, because, you know, even for you, you're getting mm -hmm. like probably hundreds and thousands of comments every other day. How do you, how do you deal with that? And how do you nugget your time? Because I'm very interested in, uh, learning about your experience because as someone who's getting so many views and traction surely like all these notifications and stuff mm -hmm. is still overwhelming for someone you know who's been in the game not too long right so if you don't mind sharing a little bit about that experience and how you approach it yeah i think um when when i think about burnout and like what to tell someone to help them like avoid that and navigate that i think it becomes really important to, um, have some, have a lot of self-awareness and be aware that, be aware of how, how hard you can push yourself without pushing yourself 
too hard, right? Because you don't want to reach that that point to where you're going so aggressive at it to where it just topples over and you just like you're like burnt out. You don't want to do it anymore because you you didn't have the self-awareness to go, I'm pushing myself too hard. This is too much. This mm-hmm. pace is too intense for me. Right. I need to scale it back. Right. So it becomes a game of like self-awareness. You have to you have to know how hard to push yourself without pushing yourself over the edge. And it's different for everyone. Everyone has their different level of like tolerance for how hard you can push yourself, how hard you can work. Um, for for whatever reason, like I have an extremely high like work tolerance. Able to that I act like I can absolutely hate some hours a day doing it. I, I can just push myself through. I just have really weird like tolerance for like just making myself do stuff. Like I was an insurance actuary mm-hmm. that required me studying for like a series of really intense exams while I was working. I spent every weekend studying for exams that I absolutely hated, but I did it. Now I'm doing something that I actually enjoy. So I can work all day. I can work like 16 hours a day, just day and night. Um, so I, to, I can't tell someone like, okay, here's how many hours you should be working. Like it's, uh, it's an, it's based on like the individual person. Yeah. yeah. And self-awareness. Uh, Makes sense. You know, I work, I work a lot, but I, I have to know when I'm pushing myself too hard and I got to pump the brakes. So just, you know, I would, I, I always encourage people to really work their hardest and push themselves as hard as they can. But I understand that everyone's different and I could never tell like my girlfriend, for example, to work as hard as I do. We're different people that, mm-hmm. that I've tried that. It doesn't work. We just have different tolerances that made me realize like you have to push yourself hard, but only you will know like how hard, how hard uh, you can push yourself. Right. Well, um, on a personal note, what's been the most exciting thing for you in this journey? Like, what was that moment where you were like, Oh my God, like I've made it. Like, is, is it like the number or was it like a moment where some celebrity reached out? I think that's just always fascinating to me. Um, was that, was there a moment like that for you? I'd be curious to uh, hearing about that. Yeah, I think there's been a couple moments. I think um, some of the, yeah, funny enough, the the most exciting moments, the moments where I feel like I really like you know made it, mm-hmm. was when people that I idolized, um, people that I idolized when I was growing and and learning, started to reach out to me and want to work with me and want to learn from me. Mm-hmm. It was such a bizarre thing. Like some examples were like Mark Singerman, a photographer that. I always admired. I, I bought his tutorials. He, mm-hmm. he taught me like how to edit my photos. And then one day he reached out to me. He's like, dude, I love your stuff. Like we should work together. And it was so bizarre to me because he was still in my head since everything happened so fast, like, like the idol. Right. And now he's like seeing me as someone he looks up to. And it was just so bizarre. Another example was with Jordan matter who reached out to me to like do a collab. And when you go from like zero to like going to followers like that, your, your brain doesn't catch up as mm-hmm. fast as your followers go. Mm-hmm. So you're still like, whoa, I can't believe these people are like reaching out to me. That's amazing. Uh, I remember my first clubhouse room with you guys was you and Mark Singerman and I jumped in and we had like a bit of a back and forth. That was for me super fascinating to be able to do that. So um, very cool to hear yeah. about that story. That's, that's amazing. And 
I also saw Gary V follows you as well, right? And then for someone you oh, like yeah, listening to cool. him, that's so cool. Like you were in a Discord room with him, I think, and stuff like that. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah, man. Shout out to Gary. Uh, I I somehow knew I would I would end up friends with him or like mm-hmm. in some relation. I wouldn't call us friends yet, but I just knew that eventually I would be able to like connect with him and like you know talk to him. And that was, that was my goal for 2020. I had two goals. One was to quit my job. And the second goal was to meet Gary and both of them happened. I got to meet Gary, uh, on TikTokathon. I met him again on, uh, his discord randomly on his discord live. And so cool. And which is pretty cool. That's so cool. For sure, Alex, like that is like my ultimate goal as well. Like I know I've made it when like I get the attention of someone like Gary Vee. Um, So that's definitely something like I would work towards and hopefully mm-hmm. that happens in the next two years. But really happy for you, man. That's super cool experience. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk a little bit about the technical aspects of your journey and how you basically acquired the skills. You, you talked a little bit about and I've seen on your Instagram, um, you've taken workshops from courses um, for the likes of Liquid Verve, I believe, and maybe Mark Singerman. Yeah. Um, so is that your recommendation for people looking to sort of get into this is like, do these master classes and stuff for people you aspire to be. And is that where you got started with acquiring skills? Yeah. If you want to be a photographer, um, I, I would recommend doing the tutorials, going to workshops, hiring, um, people to do like one-on-one Skype training. Cause that's, that's a thing. Um, I just, I fear that telling people to, that they need to learn and mm-hmm. like, uh, attend master classes and do all this stuff prevents them from taking action early. And that's, that's like sure. my one fear. Um, because one of the, one of the common reasons I get for when I ask someone like, why aren't you creating content right now? Because they say, I don't know how I'm waiting until I'm better. My stuff isn't good enough. So that tells me that people don't think that they're good enough to be creating content right now. And that's a huge problem. Everyone's ready to create content right now. Everyone's content is good enough. If you want to become a content creator, you have to be okay with whatever level you're at right now. And no matter what level that is, you have to be posting content. No more waiting. Waiting is the ultimate curse as a content creator. And so my fear is, you know, people think they need to learn the masterclass, they need to do the training, and they need to have all the skills before they can start posting. And furthermore, if you're in that mindset, what you also do is you go, no, I don't want to post that. It wasn't perfect. Mm -hmm. It's not my best. That's a huge problem because you need to post everything, even if it's not your best, because most people judge their own content too much and they don't let other people be the judge, let the world decide. A lot of people um, don't post content that could very do very well and go viral and gain, gain them thousands of followers, but they don't because they're, they're judging their own content too much. So I think that, yes, the um, training and the master classes and just learning in general is super important. I highly encourage people to invest in their skills, but don't let that get in the way of, of you starting right now. Yeah. I, that's so important. Like a lot of people, like, I think th- 
the whole thing about being a perfectionist, I think it comes down to like people finding excuses to like delaying what they actually have to do is like doing the action. And again, another Gary Vee quote, quality is subjective, like straight up. Like the only thing that's yeah. true is quantity, like mm-hmm. get that quantity of yeah. work out because that's how you'll actually improve by actually mm-hmm. doing it. There's no like improvement yeah. in your head, right? So just by the no. act of doing it, that's how you improve. So mm-hmm. big uh, proponent of that, I you know, that really resonates with me a lot. Um, so in terms of like, you know, you mentioned about content, like, who should really be creating content? Cause I keep telling everyone, and this is again from like all these podcasts that we hear, everyone now should be creating content unless you're going like down this very niche uh, of like being like a lawyer or a doctor, like the way the world is going and attention is leverage. Right. So it's also like, mm-hmm. maybe if you don't like creating content, fine. But if you want to start anything to your own business or, um, you want to start like a new venture of anything creative, you need to create content. So it really comes down to, do we have a choice? Like, what is your opinion on that? Just like philosophically. Um, that's a great question. I, I don't know the answer to that because I haven't thought about it much. Um, I think that well, what's interesting is that I, I agree that content, creating content and, um, is or can be helpful to you no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that. But the problem is not everyone wants to do it. Mm-hmm. Not everyone's a content creator, right? So I don't know if, if I would tell someone, hey, you know, you got to get into content creation. Mm-hmm. You can do this and this. Like what, what if they don't love creating content? Then I don't know what I would tell that person. Right. What I do know though is that creating content is a great way to just get awareness and attention on yourself and I think that can, it can help you no matter what you do. I've seen doctors on TikTok. I've seen mm-hmm. lawyers on TikTok. I can imagine that they're getting more clients in business um, from, from doing that. But um, yeah, it's an interesting question. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I, I, don't, I haven't thought about it enough. Yeah. I don't know if it's, if it's right for everyone. I mean, yeah. I certainly think it can help everyone. But like, what do you tell someone who's just like, I don't want, I don't, I don't want yeah. to create content. Yeah. I know it can it, help me, but I don't want to. Yeah. And to your point, it only helps. So it only can enable you further in today's world. Um, But that's something I think about a lot uh, because Gary B keeps talking about how like there's like a channel for everyone. You don't like, you don't like to be on video. You know, there's podcast. You don't like to even speak. People have content of them just showing the drawing that they're doing. Right. So there's, there's creative ways for people to get into some sort of content creation no matter what their niche yeah. or their style is. So I think that's a very interesting question. I thought about, about a lot before starting out. Um, do you see yourself going into like something else outside of like, I know right now you're focused on vertical content and, and I do want to talk about that a little bit because you're right now, it's clear that you're preaching. If you want to grow short form vertical content is where it's at. Like clearly that's how you're growing. So personally for you, you're spending most of your time doing vertical short form content. And, you know, although I have heard you talk about it, if you can just for the audience explain like why is short form vertical content the way to go if you want to create content, that'd be just great. Yeah, short form video content, first of all, what that means is um, I think the best analogy to what a short form video is, is it's a TikTok. It's a short video 
it depends on the platform you're on. On TikTok, these short videos are between zero to 60 seconds. On Instagram Reels, um, your short videos are between zero and 30 seconds. So it depends on the platform, but the key is they're, they're short. They're always under a minute long. The other distinguishing characteristic is that they're vertical. So a YouTube video, like the regular YouTube videos we're used to watching, are horizontal. They go sideways like that on the screen. Right. A short form video is vertical. It goes the opposite way. It's from top to bottom, up and down. Um, so that's what a short form video is. They're short videos that go vertical, cover the, the entire screen from top to bottom. Now, the reason why creating this specific type of content will grow your page faster than creating any other type of content, whether that's a photo, whether you're doing YouTube videos, whether you're doing like longer, like two minute videos, is it comes down to the algorithm. The algorithm is the most, uh, the most user friendly when it comes to these short videos. And the reason is the, no matter what platform you're on, uh, whether it's TikTok, whether it's Instagram, whether it's YouTube, whether it's Snapchat, no matter what platform, you can actually post these short form videos. So it's, it's a universal type of content. If you make one, you can post it anywhere. And that's not true of photos, by the way. You can't take a photo and put it on TikTok because photos mm -hmm. don't work on TikTok. Yeah. You can't take a 10-minute a YouTube video and post it on TikTok because TikTok is all you know, short videos. Um, short form videos between zero to, to 30 or 60 seconds long, they're universal. So if you make one, you can grow on five channels at mm -hmm. once. So that's one, one key for why it grows your social media presence the fastest. It's mm -hmm. universal. You can post it anywhere. But the, the most important part is that the algorithm is the most friendly for these videos. And when I say friendly, let me describe what I mean. You don't need a following to have a short form video explode and get you a ton of views. It's the ultimate hack code. You can start a new account on Instagram, on YouTube, on TikTok. You can have zero followers just like me. No one knew who the hell I was. Because of the algorithm behind these short form videos, doesn't matter if you have zero followers, doesn't matter if no one knows who, who the heck you are, your video can reach a lot of people. Yeah. I can get into how the algorithms are, are designed for these videos, but the point is they're super friendly. You don't need any yeah. you don't need any pre-existing fame to be able to reach a million, mm -hmm. two million, twenty million people and explode. That's how I grew a million followers in a month because yeah. of the how the algorithm works for these videos that's how i took my instagram when instagram introduced short form videos that's how i took my instagram from about a hundred thousand to a million in a matter of months um, because these short form videos gave me that viral potential instead of my photos reaching fifty thousand of my followers my short form videos were reaching 20 million people uh so that that's that's why these short form videos are so important right now the algorithm behind them no matter what platform, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat, all of the short form video algorithms are really friendly. You, you can blow up and go viral. It doesn't matter who you are right now. Yeah, the, the potential is huge. And I shared with you uh, on your comments uh, just like last week, like for the first time, my Instagram, like I've seen like, you know, 2000 plus followers jump on in, in a week's time. And I've been on Instagram for more than like five years and I was hovering about a thousand followers and I doubled my followers and a week just by posting short form. I was fascinated. I was like, yep. man, I should be doing more of this. Like, this is crazy. The efficiency of the time mm -hmm. I spent versus like the ROI, like yeah. it's crazy. Like it was, 
it, it was definitely eye-opening i thought it was limited to tiktok but now i've seen from my own eyes like ig reels yeah. is also working but for some reason alex i don't know why yeah. my tiktoks and if i use the same thing on my ig reels it would not work as well is there like some sort of difference right. in algorithm that you specifically see between cross platforms that's worth highlighting i think that would help me and other creators because i always saw my traction on tiktok but my ig reels never really popped until like last week i made a few changes i feel like i know what's happening and what the difference is but i'm curious to hear your opinion on what the key differences are between platforms or is it just like exact same um i know for a fact that there are differences in the algorithms between tiktok and instagram um but there are so many so many differences too many to pinpoint what's really happening um for example on the, the the there are like the most nuanced differences that can make um that can explain like why a tiktok goes viral but yeah. if you put that tiktok on on reels it doesn't one of them is the algorithm and right. i think that the common the commonality between the algorithms i'm going to assume are that the watch time is important no matter if you're doing a tiktok or reels the watch time is key so if you're looking to optimize your content for all the platforms your your short form videos then i would think like i want to optimize it for the watch time how mm-hmm. do i get people watching the full video um the the further you start to dive after like just the watch time metric i think the more different you get between tiktok algorithm and instagram right. algorithm for example like I don't know I, I I don't know if like how much a share is worth on like a TikTok mm-hmm. video versus how much Instagram mm-hmm. says a share is worth how are likes treated versus comments treated on the two alg- algorithms I don't really know. Right. One thing I do know is that getting on Instagram is not really as important as it is on TikTok. Um I know a weird trick on the TikTok algorithm to where if you get people to visit your profile you get an, an insane viral boost that does not work on Instagram at all. So I I know that mm-hmm. there's at least one difference, major difference right. between the algorithms, but even little things like uh when you post a reels video and you share it to your your followers mm-hmm. and if they watch it on their feed, what happens is it takes your vertical video which covers the whole screen and it has to crop it to a 4 by 5, which right. is like the standard Instagram right. post. So if you have any text that's above that cutoff or below that cutoff, people are not going to be able to read it. when they're watching your reels video on their feed mm-hmm. and that can kill your whole video like some people put the text up on top like a crucial piece of text that gives the context or tells people what the video is about and if they're repurposing a TikTok video and just putting it on Instagram they might not have thought about the fact that you know Instagram's going to crop any text above or below those cutoff points so your video might lose all of its engagement for that one little thing you didn't put the text in the right spot uh so there's these little nuances I I know that sounds are probably treated a lot more importantly on like TikTok versus mm-hmm. on Instagram. I don't know how much like the sounds are factored trending in, songs, but on TikTok yeah. sounds are a huge component, right? Trending hashtag, trending songs, TikTok is very trend-based, Instagram is not so much. Um I do know that the audiences tend to have just different tastes in general. Right. I think Instagram is slightly more mature audience. They like slightly slower paced content I think than TikTok. Mm-hmm. So you can have a viral TikTok and Instagram can just hate it just purely based on like the difference in the audience. Um so many factors, too many right. to pinpoint. So right. I would just say watch time. Experiment. 
yeah, watch time definitely. And then just experiment with, uh, different stuff. Like if, if something's working on TikTok, that's great, but just realize it might not work on Instagram. So you got to try other stuff too. Mm-hmm. One thing I've learned and the, the key difference, Alex, and I don't know if you agree with me is when I started seeing my reels boost, the one difference that I saw, I think reels was prioritizing the fact that they were being shared and saved. Like my TikTok, even when they're yeah. shared, sometimes they don't do as well. But TikTok really cares. Like if some mm-hmm. people are sharing and saving it, they're like, okay, like these videos are going to boost up. And if you notice, like if you get a chance, like after that video, all my videos were hovering above like the thousands because I was making it as a shareable content that people can share. Oh, this location or, or these are three rents that you can see. So I got yeah. my shares up and I saw my reels boost a lot. So I think that was like a key differentiator, at least what I saw between the two. I think you're right. I, I've done a really in-depth analysis of like the, the TikTok algorithm and which metrics are the most important. I haven't done that on reels yet, but mm-hmm. from just observing like a little bit, I, I think you're right. I think that the saves, getting saves and getting shares on your reels video um, will give it a boost mm-hmm. in the algorithm. Yeah. But uh, I would love to um, sort of dive into the data right. and try to confirm that. But I, I, I think you're right. I think I think the saves and shares might be worth a little bit more on Instagram than on TikTok. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's my recent conclusion. Um, what uh, what are you using to edit your videos? Are you using Premiere Pro or Final Cut? Like, how, what's your work stream look like? And uh, this might be a part two question, but I know like you're focusing on Reels and TikTok, but I don't know if you're doing Shorts as well as you cross pollinate or or even Snapchat. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can just like walk us through what that stream looks like, that'd be pretty helpful. Yeah, definitely. Um, so right now I edit on Final Cut Pro. Um, I actually I actually have an iPhone app. It's free. It's called Quick Q U I K. It's actually a GoPro app, okay. which I use for um, I use that for my Instagram edits, but I use Final Cut for my TikTok edits, which is a very bad workflow. I, I need to like streamline it. Um, I simply like the Quick app because it makes the uh, the slideshows. It automatically times it with the music, like when I show the photos at the end, um, this app will like automatically time the photos with the like music beat. Oh, wow. Um, and it also makes the photos look really cool. Like the transitions are automatic and they're really cool. Uh, so I like to use that for my reels videos. Um, on TikTok, I with, or yeah, on TikTok, I edit with uh, Final Cut Pro. But um, to answer your question about like my workflow, I post on TikTok, I post on reels and I post on YouTube shorts and I, yes, I also post on Snapchat. Um, the reason is because like I said earlier, um, these short videos are universal. Mm -hmm. So if you make one, you can post it everywhere. The problem is it's not really problem, but the thing you have to be aware of is that the algorithms are a little bit different on each platform. So on TikTok, I've noticed my content does the best when the videos are long. So I make my TikToks around the full minute. Mm-hmm. You can, I can go up to 60 seconds. Well, they have the three minute limit now, but I still keep it to 60 seconds, but on reels, I'm limited to 30 seconds. So I have mm-hmm. to take that video. I have to cut it down to 30 seconds on, on YouTube. What I've noticed is that my longer videos don't do very well. So I actually have to put them down to 15 seconds. And another reason is because the sound library on YouTube, usually, at least for now, as far as I'm aware, they only give you 15 seconds of the song to use. 
So I'm kind of forced to now edit my stuff into 15 seconds for right. YouTube. On Snapchat, I found that I could just post the, the full length TikTok and that does well. Um, so I would just post the full TikTok edit onto Snapchat. But yes, I've, I've grown followings on every platform, just posting the same exact content, you know, tens of thousands of followers on each platform. Right. Yeah. I need to get on YouTube and Snapchat. I just wasn't sure how the YouTube thing works. Like do the hashtag shorts and I did one and I only got one view. So I was like, maybe I had the kids option turned off. Like there's some technicalities that I need to get through. Um, but also with the music in YouTube, do you mm-hmm. not have to use like co- non-copyright music? Are you okay to use? Cause I feel like that was also a huge barrier for me. From what I've heard and there are mixed, um, people are telling me mixed things. One side says, and there's, there's evidence that proves that this is true. It doesn't matter if you have copyright claims on mm-hmm. your sh- shorts videos, specifically right. the shorts, right. you can use a song, you can get the copyright claim and that video can still go viral. Mm-hmm. But other people are saying that the algorithm might, might not like the fact that you're using copyright claims and prefer that you just use a royalty free sound, but you don't have to use royalty free sounds. There's a TikTok library, the same way that on reels, you can add a song and they have like a library of songs, YouTube, you can add a song. So like you could, some of the famous popular sounds are on there, but it's a small library right now. Mm-hmm. They don't have a lot of music, but, but they plan on like licensing a ton of music. So I think the library will be as big as like the reels and the TikTok sound library. Um, but for now, you, what I would suggest is to play it safe just try to use the sounds that are in the YouTube library. Um, yeah. But, you know, I've seen videos that have gone very viral with like copyright claims, mm-hmm. like, you know, s- sounds that are not like licensed. For YouTube shorts. So do you need a special app? Like, or cause I have the regular YouTube app. Do you need to download like a special app for shorts or is, is it just that you're uploading and hashtagging shorts? Um, cause I've been trying to figure that out and I feel like I haven't really reached a conclusion. Yeah. So the one I'm going to pull up my app here. One way mm-hmm. to do it is to, um, put hashtag shorts in the title. I believe right. you can also put it hashtag shorts in the description. And as long as your video is under a minute, YouTube will add it to the, the shorts section. But on, I think it's beta, but on my um, YouTube, I have an option for, uh, it says create short and mm-hmm. then it says beta there. Yeah. So I do have an option in my YouTube app on my phone. I don't think this exists on my laptop, right. but on my phone, I can, I can tap create a short. I've been using that feature, um, but I'm not really a short expert yet. I've only had one go viral so far, but. Right. Um, okay. Yeah, I'll give that a shot. Um, I feel like that feature is not in Canada available right now. So maybe we have to stick to the hashtag shorts, um, but, I'll, but I'll definitely check that out. Um, and just to cover this off in terms of just like, how do you, so you have a big following, like what's your strategy in terms of monetizing? Do you have any specific rules of like do's and don'ts that you follow for yourself? Uh, is it like mainly like content creator fun? Uh, how does that look like in, uh, you know, the journey of monetization and how should people manage their expectations? Yeah, I think, um, I'd be cautious of trying to do brand deals too soon and trying to monetize aggressively too soon, because mm-hmm. I think it's more important to, to kind of show like some respect to your, your following base and like kind of earn their trust and go through a process where you're all about them at first. You're mm-hmm. all about, look, 
that my approach was I'm making this content and this page for you guys, for my followers. I just want to help you. I want to supply the best content that I can. And once I've established that, you know, they know that I care about them. That's when I'm okay with like monetizing, doing brand deals. I think people maybe do it a little too soon and you kind of lose some, some respect from your followers if you do that. Um, and you don't want to do the wrong ones, you know, mm. like pay attention to your brand image and don't, don't be a money grabber. Don't do deals that are going to make you look silly or dumb or promote mm-hmm. some product that sucks. You know, you have to, you have to respect your followers. And right. um, I would advise on focusing on growing your following versus focusing on making money. Because mm-hmm. if you grow your following and you focus on the content, the brand deals are going to come to you. Come. You'll, you'll have a better selection. Makes sense. No, that's, that's great insight. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I personally had my first, uh, uh, you know, company reach out to me in the last couple of weeks. Uh, so I'm working something out that was, I was taken by surprise cause I don't have a huge following like yourself. Um, I have like mm-hmm. 33,000 on TikTok, So I was very flattered. Um, but it's definitely an exciting moment when that happens, right? It means like yeah, you're yeah. getting the attention, sure. there are people watching. So it's, it's definitely an exciting moment. Um, and just lastly, to cover this off, like. Um, what would be your message to people who are basically on the edge of, they're not sure they're because a lot of people that I've seen, like they're basically in the whole game of like, Oh, judgment. What would people think when they start creating content in their circle and trying to get out yeah. of that? I certainly like, you know, I appear to be like this confident person on social media. I still had to go through that struggle early on when I was on TikTok and none mm-hmm. of my friends were no one, no, none of my colleagues. And I was creating these random TikToks and people were like, isn't this like an app for teenage girls? So I certainly had to go through that struggle. Mm. And I, there's a lot more people that are, uh, you know, in that phase, like, what, what do you say to them? Yeah. And because I think that's always helpful to know from someone coming from someone like yourself, who's been through it as well. All right. You have to make a decision. Do you care more about what, you know, salty Sally 455, thinks about you on Instagram. Yeah. Do you care more about someone's judgment, some person that you don't really care about that much anyway? Mm-hmm. Do you care more about that person thinking you're stupid or your content's dumb or what the hell are you doing? Or do you care more about like having the life that you really want? Like what what's more important to you? Is it more important to you to like, you know, have <laughs> avoid like some old friends or some old coworkers look at you and judge you for a minute and then go on with their day? Or is it more important for you to do whatever is necessary to have the life that you want? It's so worth it. Who gives a damn about what these people think about you and and the fact that they're going to judge you for a couple minutes and Mm -hmm. then get on with your day and your complete afterthought after they look at your video and go, oh, that was dumb. This person's dumb. And then they're thinking about how dumb they are the next minute. Like people like need to realize that you're letting someone's judgment or the fear of their judgment preventing you from having an amazing, amazing life. One that you truly, truly want. Don't let them do that. Just don't just fuck it. Just let them, let them judge you. It's okay. You'll be okay. You'll be much happier if you can learn to just accept their judgment, stare it in the face, let it hit you, let it go through you and just do you be on track, get that life that you really want. 
Love that, Alex. Um, I think everyone definitely needs to hear that. Like, is your fear of people judging you more than fear of living a life that you truly, a fascinating life that you can dream of? I think that definitely puts it into context. So thanks for sharing that. Um, And I'm also going to say, I don't know if I mentioned this, but Alex is the most followed portrait photographer in the world. That is like, what a title. Like, who would have thought like, does that like hit you when you think about that? Like someone starting like, you know, a couple of years ago, you know, you know, looking at all these like big people in the portrait world. Like, what do you feel about that? Just on a, on a side note. I don't know. I don't think it's hit me to be honest. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't feel real to be honest. It's like, I haven't still haven't processed it yet. I really still haven't. Um, like the number 17 million is it's, I don't understand it. I, I'm kind of waiting for it to like, I, I feel like something needs to happen for it to really click to me. Like, you know, maybe someone needs to invite me to like a prestigious like con uh, conference where I, I get to talk or like something needs to happen. But throughout this whole process, it's been quarantine. I've been stuck at home. Like I don't really get any like recognition other than seeing like the followers grow on my page. So it doesn't really quite feel real yet. I'm, I'm waiting for that moment still. Yeah, it it is kind of surreal, man. I'm happy for you that like that is some phenomenal accomplishment, and only I guess the beginning. So there's more to come. So we're all watching closely, and we we do appreciate all the insights uh, on the show. So thanks for joining, Alex. And if you have any final comments, uh, we'll wrap up. Um, go ahead and give watching uh sure others are familiar with my main page but i've made a second who i think you're really like um it's at alex stemp on instagram i plan on it's this page is interesting for a lot of things number one because the content there will be very helpful for the people who enjoy this podcast it's all my social media tips a little bit of motivation to a lot of analytics diving into like the why the how but what's also more interesting at least to me is I have to learn how to become a content creator from scratch. Yeah. I'm, I'm repeating the same process that I took as a beginner photographer creating content. I'm now trying to become a, like a, whatever, like a motivational, like self-help content creator. And that's really interesting to me. It's I'm starting the whole process over. I get to understand more of like what your audience is going through. Like, I don't know how to make content good. Like I know how to make photography content good because I, I've learned that and I've spent years doing that. I don't know how to make this new style good. So you guys get to watch me like figure that out. And I'm really excited. And I like the challenge of like, I have to overcome stuff. I don't like talking in front of the camera. Like, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit worried what people are, are going to judge to me. So I'm, I'm in the same shoes as the people that I'm trying to help while I'm building this page. So it's a, it's a really fun, fun project. For me. Yeah. Like, like take that in guys. Like here's a person who has, 17 million followers on tiktok and i mm-hmm. saw your video on this new secret page of alex talking about guys i don't know what i'm doing here and it's just like mm-hmm. it's fascinating it's like guys think about that mm-hmm. like someone who you regard to be like you know just like in this superhuman world with these followers but you're starting something from the scratch you're going through the same emotions of like i don't know what i'm doing but i'm figuring it out and i think alex that yeah. transparency helps a lot so you know it's much appreciated and if you guys want to get a hold That's of good. Alex and, you know, avoid all the clutter from his main page, find the secret page 
um, you know, you'll definitely yeah. get to chat with him more. So that's also pretty cool. That's how I got a hold of him and also Clubhouse, obviously. So I'm definitely going to drop all your handles on the uh, poster, Alex, um, you know, um, and your secret page so everyone can find you. So guys, go follow Alex. Uh, I mean, I'm sure most of my audience does, but, you know, just amazing content, inspirational. And, you know, thank you for being here, Alex. It was great. Having-